Let's go, everybody. It is opening night. The Blue Jackets are hosting the Arizona Coyotes. It is October 14th. It is finally here. The Blue Jackets new regime under Brad Larson gets going tonight. Jakub Voracek, we see him for the first time in a regular season. Well, first time in a long time having Voracek on the ice representing the Blue Jackets. Patrick Laine is coming off a... Uh, highly anticipated off season where, you know, he was scoring goals all over Detroit Red Wings, face and just dicing up preseason opponents and getting all this hate out there, blocking out the haters, trying to reset his career. You got Cole Sillinger, who's going to be in the lineup tonight. The highly touted first round draft pick in this latest draft, the 18 year old getting some time. He's going to be the new face the franchiser has the chance to be that's what everybody's saying he's going to be a long time nhl centerman son of a very good nhl player it's a lot to be excited about zacharensky coming off a massive contract signing elvis mers lincoln's coming in saying that he's playing for his buddy matisse kivlenix who we are going to be honoring tonight and having the kivlenix family in the building that is going to be uh, very sobering moments for everybody, and it's going to be highly, uh, highly emotional. And it, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but I know it's just going to be, it's just going to be tough. It's just going to be very tough to have the Kivlenix family in there, and yeah, it's one of those things where it's about them, right? It's about the Kiv Lennox family and whatever the blue jackets can do to try to, um, just, just mourn with them for this loss, because obviously we, you know, the funeral took place at, in, in Columbus, or there was a, a ceremony for his life here in Columbus and all that. But to have this on opening night is going to be very special. So that's a, a storyline to tonight's game. The Arizona Coyotes are coming in. They're in a, a similar situation with their team as well, where they are in a full-blown rebuilding situation, and they are sending away players, and they're like in a different stage. They're like one step behind on the rebuild because they traded away a lot of their guys in the offseason, Connor Garland and... Uh, you know, some other, you know, premier scorers for them, uh, defenseman Oliver Ekman Larson. And I mean, they traded away Darcy Kemper. We saw what he was doing last night for the Colorado Avalanche. And we'll get into some of those games as well, of course. But yes, the Arizona Coyotes coming in, they're going to be in a full blown rebuild mode. I personally am going to be betting on the Jackets puck line minus one and a half. I think the Blue Jackets showed me enough in the preseason for me to believe that they should still be inferior opponents like the Arizona Coyotes simply because the Blue Jackets yes are they trying to rebuild they are but they I think are expecting their rebuild to go a a year quicker than what the Coyotes I think they with having guys like Jakub Voracek still having your franchise goalie still having your franchise defenseman having Gustav Nyquist back in the lineup. 
uh, I, naming a new captain in, in Boone Jenner. I still think there's like enough there where the Blue Jackets should still win this game. And because the Coyotes are just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall for night one, I, I feel like the Blue Jackets should come out with some fire and should win this game. And I, I expect that. I think that's okay to expect. I'm not saying that the Blue Jackets are going to make the playoffs this year. I'm not saying that they're going to get out of the first round of the play. I'm not saying anything crazy like that. I'm just saying on tonight for opening night at home in your arena in a, in a, in a night that's going to be extremely emotional, the Blue Jackets should be down on the Arizona Coyotes. And I believe that. I, I, I believe that. And I'm going to bet on that. So... That's my official prediction for tonight's game. If I had to give it to you, 7-1. 7-1 Coats. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. 7-1. 7-1. Actually, no, no. 7-1 Coats. Yeah, 7-1 Coats. Let's go. <laughs> I thought I scared some of you guys for a second, and I probably did. But then, no, the Blue Jackets should win this game, man. I, I really do believe that. And I brought on Carl Pavlock later on in the episode. He'll come on and he'll talk about the Arizona Coyotes and just how interesting of a landscape hockey, how how interesting of a of a landscape it is for the sport of hockey out there in Arizona, with Phoenix being the fourth or fifth biggest city in the United States, but still having trouble selling out their arena out there in Glendale. He just kind of goes in depth as to why that is the reason why the Arizona Coyotes are considering building a new arena in Tempe, a $1.7 billion project that their new owner is, is, is pushing for the city of Tempe to move forward with. Uh, Arizona State Hockey is building a new arena out there. So it's just interesting to me how there is clearly an interest in hockey out there, but yet somehow they're unable to bring the numbers in, and the team hasn't been doing good. I saw this stat, by the way, when talking about the Arizona Coyotes. They are the oldest franchise to have never reached a Stanley Cup final. So that's something, Blue Jackets fans. You have their number in that aspect. The Blue Jackets overall are 27, 28, and 4 against a team like the Arizona Coyotes. So it's been a lot of matchups kind of back and forth. Uh, you know, obviously both franchises in general have been struggling. This isn't the sexiest uh game on the NHL slate tonight. There are some other big games going on tonight. So, of course, you probably won't have a lot of attention from the national media. And that's all right. I just want the Blue Jackets to handle business at home against the Coyotes. And, you know, they're favorites to win. They're they're minus 160 on the money line, plus money on the puck line. The over-under is five and a half goals. I think this, I realistically, I know I said it's going to be 7-1. I think this will be like a 4-2 a game or something or a 3-1 game. I think the Blue Jackets should win it, but I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I think they should win it. That's all I should say. I'll, I'm going to be happy with just two points. I don't even necessarily need my bet to win. Just the Blue Jackets need to get two points at home against the Coyotes tonight and then turn their heads to Seattle who is coming off, who will be playing their fourth game when they play the Blue Jackets, by the way. I think the Seattle are back in action tonight. The Jackets will play Seattle on October 16th. That is Saturday. Uh, speaking of, yeah, speaking of Seattle, Seattle, you know, just lost on opening night to the Vegas Golden Knights. They play tonight in Nashville against the Predators. So I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, the Blue Jackets will be their third game of the year. So, there you go. There's there's that for you. Speaking of the games last night, uh, obviously, 
uh, Seth Jones, a highly touted trade asset that the Blue Jackets sent over to Chicago, was making his debut in a Chicago Blackhawks sweater last night. And Chicago fans were really, really disappointed. They were really, really angry on Twitter. I don't know if anybody saw that. I wasn't paying close attention to the first couple periods of that game. But when I saw everybody kind of bagging on Seth Jones, saying that he's a total bust and can't believe we paid him all this money and he looks like garbage out there. He's getting all this. He was, first of all, he ate like 28 minutes of ice time last night, a casual 28 minutes of ice time on his way to a 4-2 loss. But I tuned into that third period a little bit and granted, yes, did he look like the most comfortable Seth Jones ever? No, he didn't, but he still made a really he still made a really good effort there in that third period. He shut down a lot of guys on Colorado on, when they were taking it up in the zone, doing what he usually does is disrupt the other team's offense, turn over the puck, and get the offense going. And then he was jumping up in the offensive play a lot more than I think Blue Jackets fans were used to seeing. He was getting involved because, frankly, Chicago wasn't doing crap on offense. They weren't getting anything done. And yeah, it was just a lackluster game overall in Chicago's part. I don't look at that game and say, man, Seth Jones totally blew it for the Blackhawks. I think uh, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury could have played a little better in the early in the early parts of that game. I mean, that Jack Johnson goal, like, come on. That was that was that was a sick goal as a Jack Johnson hater and Blue Jackets fans obviously don't like him for what he said about the Blue Jackets franchise when he left that goal that he did score, how he got open on that breakaway was unbelievable. Uh, just, just, I mean, he, he had a red carpet rolled out for him on the way to Mark Andre Fleury's crease. And he just does a little forehand backhand. And then he lifts it backhand over Mark Andre Fleury's shoulder sick goal. Yeah. I could see why Chicago Blackhawks fans would be a little bit pissed after that one. I totally understand. So yeah, but again, that wasn't Seth Jones' fault on that play. It was just a bad circumstance where your guy that was trying to get off the ice couldn't, and he ended up tripping, got sniped, and yeah, Jack Johnson just buries one on the red carpet. I don't know what else to say. It is a little frustrating. I could see if why Blackhawks fans would be mad because Nathan McKinnon wasn't in the lineup last night. I think you expect to win that game when Nathan McKinnon isn't in, especially because you had people talking about how the Chicago Blackhawks were going to be this Stanley cup contender all of a sudden. Now they got Seth Jones and that they got, uh, Mark Andre Fleury and, you know, Kirby doc is coming back from his injury. They still got good shooters and Alex to and Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves is coming off. Listen, man, you can't just, you can't just turn the engine on after it's been off for, you know, a few years, you need to give it some time. You need to hold it in, uh, you know, ho- you need to hold the key a little bit, um, and, and just turn the lights on, get the battery going in the car. And then you turn on the engine. You gotta let, you know, let, let things settle in, let the gases get going. I don't know, not a car guy, but you know what I mean? Like you can't just expect to go right into Denver right away and win that game. And they didn't, and they paid for it there. Some other games last night I saw was checking out uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. They were doing what they do best, and that is just uh, injecting the Edmonton Oilers with offense. It's amazing watching those two guys play because it truly is like watching two of the best players.
players in the sport play with a bunch of high schoolers. It's incredible what the rest of the team can and can't do around those two guys. Like they, It's almost like they don't score unless they're on the ice. There's just no way. Uh, the Canucks looked good. Quinn Hughes scored a, a big goal at, at the end of the at, you know to tie the game up, make it two two, and send it into overtime. It was just a nice little snipe. Him just coming up along the near boards and just ripped one right under Mike Smith. Mike Smith, I am such a stan of him. By the way, I love Mike Smith. And you know what? What, what do I really need to say as to why I love Mike Smith? Um, and then other than that. Yeah, um, the bets, by the way, horrible last night. I mean, just absolutely atrocious. Hand up. I did complain about ESPN saying that the league was begging for more goals. And I was saying, who said that that we are begging for more goals? And then I bet like four overs last night and not a single one of them hit. So that's karma right there. I deserve that. I deserve this L. I'll hold this L, ESPN. I'll give you another chance tonight. I'll give John Buchagross... Another chance, obviously. Sorry, my bad. I'll I'll stop. I want goals. I love overs in the NHL, so I'm sorry. Ducks get a surprising win at the Jets. Mason McTavish got his first goal in his first NHL game. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois looks like he still looks like a bag of socks. He looks like a he looks like a bag of socks. He does not look the, a bag of pucks. That's what he looks like out there on the ice. He does not look good. He doesn't really do anything when he's on the ice. He doesn't really chase after the puck. He just kind of skates around. I don't know what is going on with him or if he can tap into a, a level that is going to be productive for Winnipeg, but they got to be surely frustrated in the way that he played. I loved seeing the Rangers get doused on. That was a lot of fun. I mean, that's just like a national pastime for NHL hockey fans is watching the Rangers just absolutely crap themselves on national TV. So that was great. Alexander Ovechkin is back. I mean, he was being interviewed by Wayne Gretzky on TNT. The TNT broadcast was amazing. Charles Barkley was crashing the set. It was just a good night, good night of hockey. And even though I lost a lot of bets, I still had a lot of fun. And I'm really excited that my team gets to play tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. I think it's a good chance for them to get a win. All right, let's waste no time. Let's get into it with Carl Pavlock. Uh, Yeah, here's me introducing him. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hockey Dudes. We got the Coyotes coming to Nationwide Arena tonight, so I decided to bring on the site manager, senior editor for Five for Howling, an SB Nation site that covers the Arizona Coyotes, and that writer is Carl Pavlock. Carl, thank you so much for coming in, man. Just chopping it up a little bit about uh, what you do out there in Arizona and uh, yeah, what what do you got going on these days with uh, with your writing career and 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 where are you at with the this uh, locked on podcast? Uh, it's it's been busy so far. Uh, what was the regular season starting? Uh, I've been writing on Five for Howling for about ten years now, entering my third year as site manager, um, which is really just kind of taking on more of it, uh, responsible for more of the content on Five for Howling. Uh, which is good. And then I, um, like you said, have also recently taken up co-hosting duty on Locked On Coyotes with my co-host, Robin Leonio. That's good stuff, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Five for Howling is uh, one of the bigger sites for people to get their information out there in Arizona. What What is the, let's get this out of the way, what is the hockey landscape like out there? Because it's really interesting because you have a NHL team that, is uh 
to say the least, like trending downwards in, in the sense that they it's it's hard to get people to their arena. They're having an issue with with uh, their arena out in Glendale and having to move. But then you also got Arizona State hockey, which just is building their own new arena and has all these fans going out there. So clearly there's an interest in hockey. What what is the landscape like out there for for the sport? So Arizona hockey is in a really interesting position right now. Um, like you mentioned, there's ASU hockey. There's also the Tucson Roadrunners in the AHL. Um, so there's definitely interest in hockey in Arizona from local fans and from a lot of people who move from other cities. Uh, so something we find a lot in Arizona, uh, which happened to me, people from colder weather. Uh, I myself am outside of Buffalo move to Phoenix because it's warmer and they don't want to deal with the snow anymore. And they tend to kind of support their local team still. Um, some of them will become Coyotes fans, but you get a lot of people who will go to a couple of Blackhawks games when they're in town and not really care too much about the team. Their kids tend to be Coyotes fans, though, just because they want to see more hockey. They want to watch it live as opposed to watching games on the TV. So there's really, like, a lot of growth in hockey. There's a lot of youth programs. There's just always this major NHL issue where the Coyotes are in a poor arena that at the time in, like, the early aughts, it made sense to build something in Glendale, but just demographics and everything has changed since then. So it's a really poor spot. We are getting ready to hopefully move to Tempe, which is a much better spot closer to that ASU arena. And so fingers crossed that that works out, but it's definitely like, it's a growing landscape for hockey in Arizona. Just the bad parts always get all the attention. Yeah. And you guys are, you know, just got bought um, from the NHL, the coyote, the NHL owned the coyotes for what was it like? Like, was it ten, eight or nine years or something? And you just got bought a new ownership in 2019. And then, yes, this plan to build an arena district, like looking thing out in Tempe. So I've been to Phoenix um, twice and both times I went there. I just noticed the vibe around Tempe. Obviously, that is where Arizona State is. I think it's massively important that you guys are closely located to one of the biggest schools in the country, you know, put the arena closer to that so that kids from Arizona State can go watch games in Tempe. Um, so, yeah, that's that's actually a really good point about just Glendale because Glendale is out there, correct? Like, it's it's way out there in the north northeast part of town, right? There's not much, not much else out there. Yeah, I, I mean, it's mostly, like, just kind of neighborhoods around it. Um, yeah, Arizona Cardinals play out there. Phoenix as a metropolitan area is huge, so I don't want to say that there's nothing in Glendale, but people in the East Valley, um, places like Tempe, Chandler, Mesa, it's just a real hassle to get to Glendale during the week. Like rush hour traffic's horrible. You're driving through downtown, or you were up until they had the new like highway extension. It's just like really kind of poor um, placements. But you're right. ASU is one of the biggest schools in the country. Uh, the arena is going to be like a couple of miles away, uh, actually really close to an apartment I lived in when I was going to ASU. 
Um, so it could definitely be for easy travel. You could load up just a bunch of college kids for every single game and do student rushes and probably make a lot of money on beer. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm sure. I mean, Arizona State, that was that was one dream school of mine. I ended up, I'm from Ohio. My mom didn't let me go out of state. She made me stay in Ohio. But Arizona State was definitely like, that seems less like a great party school, great college sports. All all the college sports teams there are, are just good enough to be frisky. You know what I mean? Like football teams looking yeah. good. Um, and then, yeah, just that. that have you had a chance to uh, check out or drive around the new Arizona State Arena at all? Uh, I haven't. They've been posting pictures, so I've gotten a pretty good idea of what it looks like. Um, I I actually remember going to ASU hockey games before they were an NCAA team, back when they were still in the ACA. Nice. And that was really fun. Um, but their current arena, Oceanside, it's just ridiculously small. It's ridiculously cold. Uh, it's it feels like uh, – I always told people it felt like going into an ice hockey arena uh, back home in western New York, just cold and miserable and small. Yep. Um, so they definitely needed uh, to move there, um, especially with the program going, you know, being up and, and running. Um, we were getting, hopefully, a couple of NHL players, future NHL players on the roster now. And then – what was it, uh, Joey Decord? Um, I think he was the first ASU player to make an NHL debut with the Senators, but cannot be 100% sure on that one. Yeah, the new $115 million 5,000-seat arena is just going to be so awesome for that. I mean, that's not even something like a lot of Big Ten schools have an arena that nice, you know? So it is I definitely on my bucket list to make a game out there. Um, all right, but let's, let's transition to the coyotes. Right. And I was reading some of your, you know, your blogs about this opening night roster that you have coming in. Is it true? Only nine players, uh, and were in the coyote that are on this coyotes opening roster were in the organization last year. That is an insane turnaround that you guys have going on. What are your expectations for this season? Um, is it a full on rebuild? Obviously you got, a brand new coach and Andre uh, Tour- Tournier, is that right? Uh, Tournier. We Tournier. There. Yeah. So uh, it is full rebuild. The Coyotes are going to be terrible this year. Um, the roster was initially set to have just a lot of turnover because um, a lot of people don't give John Jacob enough credit. Actually, did sign the roster to have a lot of really expensive contracts fall off this year um but then just to make things like more complete the the team just traded away everyone so like when you see three goaltending go three goaltenders go one of your top scorers and Connor garland with your top defenseman oliver ekman larson um second center or second line center christian dvorak like anyone who had value was pretty much gone uh this year except for a couple players who i expect are going to be moved like during the actual season. Yeah. Uh, Phil Kessel, do you think he makes it even to the all-star break or do you think the organization uh, are going to move him before then? I honestly can kind of see moving Phil Kessel right away because I think just like he's an older player. You want to maybe get him used to the system before you get ready for a playoff run. 
There's no reason for the Coyotes to have him. Uh, right. I don't think he particularly wants to be on the Coyotes right now, uh, just because it's a rebuilding team. He's getting up there. He's 34. And also, his big reason for wanting to go to the Coyotes was that's where Coach Stockett was, and they were familiar with their you know time in Pittsburgh. That's right, yeah. And, and with him being uh, gone, like, it just feels like there's no reason for Kessler to be on the Coyotes. Yeah, well, I mean, you guys have been stacking the draft picks. Uh, do I have this correct? Three first-round draft picks that you guys have next year, and then uh, you guys are – and then uh, what, th- uh, four second-round draft picks that you guys will have? Uh, of course, some conditions thrown in there, but that is – that's incredible, man. So you guys are uh, – I think I, – I, again, you guys are, yes, low expectations for this year, but – it's just a good future ahead in terms of players that you're going to be bringing in. Now, do you believe that uh, that that will happen and that the front office will make the correct decisions? And uh, do you believe in um, Bill Armstrong to make those decisions? So it's definitely always a question on whether or not, like, are we able to be successful? And I do remember the Coyotes last rebuild when they were tagging for Connor McDavid or Jack Eichel, uh, and that did not go well. Um, Bill Armstrong has been saying the right things. He's been making a lot of really good moves. Um, he's talked a lot about like developing and drafting things that were the Coyotes' weakness for pretty much the entirety of their franchise existence. Um, so for right now, I think fans are pretty comfortable with his vision, uh, with him kind of you know doing what needs to be done. Um, Dylan Gunther was a pretty good steal at the draft. Um, I think a lot of people were actually kind of expecting him to be on the opening night roster. So that's got some, like, you know, quality kind of, like, good vibes for Bill. Um, That may change depending on how things go. But for right now, I think everyone's buying into the rebuild vision. All right. And then um, I guess my last question for – two more questions. Uh, One more, uh, just which – which one of these are there any young guys that you are particularly looking forward to watching tonight? Either a guy that wasn't in the lineup, but has been in the system and is now getting his chance in his lineup. Is there, is there anybody that you're keeping an eye on tonight and uh, hoping to see either spark some offense or uh, just play a good overall game? Who do you got your eye on? Sure. Um, kind of a player who I'm really curious about just because he is one of the young guys, Victor Soderstrom, uh, mm-hmm. first round pick two years ago made the opening night roster. I think a lot of people expect him to be headed back to the Tucson Roadrunners when Kyle Capobianco gets off of IR. But he can definitely impress. Um, Seems like a really good um, two-way defenseman. Really interested to see how he can kind of, you know, handle the NHL. But also, I will say that Andrew Ladd actually had a surprisingly impressive preseason and seemed to be like coming in with like a lot of like fire and and grit and most people had no expectations for him. And I think he is going to be like one of those guys. And there's so many people on the team who are like this, but they're just like kind of older guys. They can, they can play, but their contracts are probably just terrible. Yeah. But they're going to like show and be like, yeah, I have a lot to play for. I'm going to show you that I can still play. I'm going to get a contract again next year. I'm going to earn it. And the team is just stacked with veterans who are like on prove me 
you know, seasons. And I think that they can definitely surprise people. Yeah, Andrew Ladd, a guy that's been in the league for a long time, 35 years old. But it's one of those things where it's like guys, they get moved out to Arizona. And it's just like, it's it's like one foot in retirement, but one foot still in like his youth where he's just playing the the great game he loves, but he's also living out in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, like one of the most amazing parts of the country. So he's just loving life. But going, speaking of that though, what do you, what is your opinion on as a, just as a Coyotes fan, Coyotes writer, your opinion on the transition from the Pacific division to the central division that travel does it get I mean you don't have as many far out games like Edmonton and and Calgary but you also don't get the luxury of having close divisional games like in uh, Los Angeles and Anaheim just your thoughts on moving over from the Pacific to the central sure um I I think I speak for most Coyotes fans in saying that I just absolutely hate it um Arizona in general has a pretty big rivalry with California so that really kind of went with the teams as well. There's not really that same kind of, you know, geographic rivalry with Colorado, even though they're really close, or Texas. So I feel like we're losing a little bit for that. Um, uh, It is a tougher division, which I guess, like, in the the current year, what we're trying to do not good is better for the team. Um, I don't think anyone necessarily likes to travel. And and just in general, it's led to a lot of Houston relocation rumors, which I know fans are just tired of them. Yeah. Um, like going all the way back to to Quebec City um, when they were in bankruptcy. Now to Houston, it's just like you're like, uh, why do I have to deal with this person who thinks that? The Coyotes moving divisions means that they're going to relocate the team. It just, it's a frustrating aspect of it. And I'm sure like the NHL schedulers can't care about that. That's just like not even on their radar, but it's uh, for fans. It's just like just a tiny annoyance that's full of of changing divisions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get what you mean. Like, it's just, it's not real yet, but you also just, you just don't want it to be you just hate to see it obviously every time and obviously blue blue jackets fans have had that experience too uh, just being up here you know same kind of landscape like we just don't have we have a lot of older nhl hockey fans here who are red wings fans blackhawks fans penguins fans we don't you know it, there's just all these rumors all the time and we had the same issue with our soccer team so yeah i know that that definitely sucks but you do love to see that the owner is still trying to get something going with that new arena district in Tempe. And I'm hoping the best for that. We love having Arizona in the NHL. I think it definitely belongs. So yeah, hoping for the best. Um, final thoughts on the new Kachina look. Uh, I like it. Um, I think that the, the Kachina is one of the, the better in, in the NHL right now. It's, age surprisingly well. It was something that a lot of people complained about at the time. Uh, I do remember early 2000s, like people were really excited to go to like a, like a plainer jersey, a more traditional jersey. But I think now in, in 2021, we're just kind of, we're excited for something new and authentic feeling. And the Kachina feels authentic for the Coyotes more so than the, the Holland Coyote had ever did. 
Um, and it's been a long time coming. They've been using that logo, like, unofficially on everything for so long. Yes. <laughs> we can do it. Pull the trigger. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's kind of rewarding some of the fans who have, you know, picked picked up the Coyotes when they were young, and now they're in their 20s, and, yeah, that is that is really cool. All right, man. Hey, listen, it was great to have you on. I'm, I'm you know, great insight on, you know, Arizona hockey. I really appreciate it a lot, and I hope you enjoy the game. Uh, not too much, though, tonight, but I hope a good season for the Coyotes. I, I always love rooting for them. They always remind me of Columbus, so... Yeah, just hoping for a good season for, for you guys, all right? Yeah, definitely. And I uh, hope you guys do very well, too. Uh, I would really like to be to as few as team as possible for that lottery spot. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. All right, as always, everybody, enjoy the game tonight. I hope everybody gets in and out of the arena safely. Have a good time. Drink a lot of beer. Um, cheer loudly. And, yeah, let's just have a good game, a good old hockey game. It's back here in the arena district, and let's just soak it in. And let's just have fun, all right? As always, um, like and subscribe, and uh, just leave a nice comment in the uh you know, rate, review part of the iTunes podcast. We love to see those. And if you're not going to do that, well, then at the very least, tell your dog about us.